Hey there, it's Jamie Scrimger here, and you're listening to the Kick-Ass Stepmom Podcast. I'm a wife, a mom, a stepmom, a coach, a conversation opener, and a BS caller. Eight years ago, I found myself sitting on the bathroom floor, bawling my eyes out, wondering what the heck I was thinking, marrying a man with three kids and an ex-wife. Look, don't get me wrong. I was madly in love. The kids were great. But being a stepmom is, well, it's just complicated. If you know, you know. As a 26-year-old with zero experience in the parenting department, I went to the internet for support. But I was disappointed with what I found. So I decided to create the type of support I was looking for. Raw, real, solution-focused conversations about all things motherhood, stepmotherhood, and living a kick-ass life. Life can be hard, really freaking hard. But it's entirely possible to thrive amongst the tough stuff. Each week, I will bring you tips and strategies and mindset shifts to inspire you to live your own version of a kick-ass life. We'll bring you along as I create my own. Let's do this. Hello, hello. Welcome to another episode of the Kick-Ass Stepmom podcast. So this episode may feel a little familiar for some of you because I'm about to share the replay of a live webinar that my husband Darren and I did about six months ago, and we called it our blueprint to improving your step family life. So yeah, this was a live webinar, and we basically just went through the lessons that we've learned, the changes that we've made to how we approach our step family life, the mistakes we've made. I talk about my decision to disengage and why I made that decision. We dive into how we think partners should respond when the ex disrespects the stepmom, rules we've made to prevent arguments about our step family stress. It's just a jam-packed episode. And we get pretty real about where we were and where we are now and how we got to this place. Because guys, we have come so far. So I'm really excited to share this with you. The feedback from the webinar was so great. And I know that a lot of stepmoms actually listened with their partners and it opened up a lot of productive conversations, which I absolutely love. So before we get to this episode, I do want to make sure that you guys are up to date with all that's going on with the exclusive stepmom community, which is my membership. So I have been running this membership for a few years now, and I love the connections I've made. I love the community we've built. It has really been everything that I hoped it would be and more. However, recently I made a decision that I'm going to do this membership for just one more year. So yeah. One more year for the membership. So for the next 12 months, the membership is going to be an exclusive space where I share everything that stepmoms need to know to live a kick-ass life and thrive amongst the extra stress. So it is going to be a 12-month commitment and an access to a library of content and support for you to go through whenever you need it the most. Like I am going balls to the walls and putting everything in there that I think you guys need. And then when the 12 months is up, the goal is for you to feel so confident in your mindset and your perspective and your strategies that you're going to feel okay with walking it on your own. You're going to feel confident and secure and your relationships will be improved. You will have boundaries set. You will just feel, yeah, confident in yourself as a stepmom and the role that you're playing in your family, no matter what. So one more year. Now, if you want to join and are ready to make 2022 the year that everything changes, or if you have been thinking about joining the membership and you're like, ah, maybe I will in a little while, now is the time. 
because it's not going to be here forever. So get on in there, www.jamiescrimshaw.com forward slash membership. So just a reminder, members get access to monthly workshops, my best coaching strategies for stepmoms, a forum where you can connect with me in the Ask Jamie section, or you can connect with stepmoms from over 30 countries around the world. You can come to my office hours if you want to connect face-to-face. You get access to exclusive interviews and member-only podcast episodes, discounts on -on one-on-one coaching. Like, there is so much in there. And you also get access to a library of all the interviews and support that I've shared for the last couple years. So you get a backlog of all of the membership content. So yes, for the next 12 months, it's going to be this private space where we go all in. So if you're interested in joining... Do it now because enrollment is closing. www.jamiescrimshaw.com forward slash membership. Everything you need to set boundaries, improve relationships, manage your triggers, feel more in control, and get individualized support from me when you need it. So head to the site to learn more and see what other stepmoms are saying. And I will see you in there. All right, let's get to the episode. This episode is sponsored by Stepmom Magazine. Guys, Stepmom Magazine is probably one of the only stepmom resources that I check out on a regular basis. It is an online magazine with articles from all the top step parenting experts on all things stepmom life. If you've been through it, Stepmom Magazine has covered it. The articles inside Stepmom Magazine are written by a hand-selected team of experts. Contributors are licensed therapists and published authors and stepfamily professionals who just get it. Stepmom Magazine also has eBooks that you can download if you're struggling with a particular issue, such as disengaging or dealing with the ex or having an R's baby and more. It is a super cost-effective way to get support and most importantly, reassurance that you're not alone. It is such a great feeling when you get the monthly email letting you know that the monthly edition is ready. The articles are always so timely. To subscribe, head to www.stepmamagazine.com and use the code JAMIE20 to save 20%. Again, that's www.stepmamagazine.com and use the code JAMIE20 for 20% off. If you were to have told me some of the things that I'm going to tell you today, when I first became a stepmom, I would have been like, no, no, that doesn't work for me. That doesn't work for our family. But looking back, it was about ego. It was about my desire for perfection. It was about proving myself. And I was really, really codependent, like some very unhealthy codependency behaviors. And so I just want you to go into this with a, with an open mind because you can change the way so much is going on in your step family life right now, but you have to go in with an open mind and you have to check your ego. So hopefully everyone is ready to check their ego, listen with an open mind. And you may hear things in this webinar that you're like, oh my gosh, that is bull. That that doesn't work for me. That's cool. Just listen with an open mind. And you know, maybe in a couple of years, you may see things different. Who knows? You ready? I'm ready. <laughs> All right. So the first thing that we really did, and we did this a couple years ago that was huge for us, is we made the commitment to stop fighting about the ex. Because we used to fight about the ex a lot. You would come home. Do you remember that day when you came home and we had got a lawyer's letter and we were kind of in the middle of like this up and down trying to solve this issue. And it was like happening over and over again. And you were relaying the information to me from the lawyers. And then you and I started fighting. But it wasn't about anything that we had an issue in our marriage. And you said to me, you're like, stop, let's not let an outside factor play a role in our marriage. And we made a role right then and there. Do you remember that in the kitchen? Yeah. 
it can become very stressful at times. And I think emotions get in the way. And we used to, all of a sudden, we'd be arguing over it. And I'm, this isn't our argument. It's my argument with another person. Yeah. And, and it was about how I wanted you to respond or things that were outside of my control or like things in the legal agreement that I might not have agreed with. Cause like, I wasn't here when you guys created that legal agreement. Right. So we made a rule right then and there that we will not fight about the X. We will not under no circumstance. Will we allow that to come in between our marriage? And I know that sounds super corny guys. You're like, yeah, until you get in a fight about the X, like it's easy to say that when you're not fighting or you're not emotional, But making that commitment can go a long way. So now if we're feeling like heated or if we're feeling, yeah, something's going on, we'll take a break. Like I remember walking to the basement that day and being like, I just need five minutes. Like I I have to cool down and that's okay. Like you can do that, but just don't let that outside person play a role in your marriage because man, you just, you don't stand a chance if that's what you do. Yeah, because the fight's not with each other typically. It's, I mean, you don't always agree on what compromises are made or what happens, but you try to recognize that uh, it's not with each other. Yeah, it's not with each other. And, you know, it goes to the next point that we want to say is that you don't always respond to things the way that I would. Like when it comes to the ex and when it comes to like legal things or even just like with the kids and like tons of stuff. There's so many things that Darren does that I'm like, why? Why do you respond? Or I want you to do something a different way or I want you to say things a certain way. Who's done that before? Who's who's been like, oh, just say this or why don't you say this? Or I want you to deal with it like that. And then when they don't, you're pissed, right? But one thing that really helped us is that we started to say like, why? Instead of going in and being like, you need to do this because this is how I feel and this is what I think is right. Why are you responding this way? Like, And that goes back to, I've always got a ton of different things on my mind. You're coming from your side and I'm coming from my ex's side. I'm coming from the kids. I'm coming from what is worth engaging, mm-hmm. what is not, what is going to, you know, poke the bear, so to speak. I knew you were going to say poke the bear. I just knew you were going to say it. (laughs) Um, Yeah. And when you would explain to me why you didn't respond or why you thought this was a priority, then I'd be like, oh, okay, I get it. But for the longest time, I was like, not saying, not, not giving you even like a say, not giving you time to explain why you would respond that way. So just having that conversation saying like, why do you think this is important? What do you think is going to be the outcome? And like going in without having those, you know, just waiting to tell them how to do it. And it goes both ways, right? Because there's been times when I've explained to you why I think we should do something this way. And you're like, oh, okay. Like, yeah, I got it. But you you have to have those conversations without emotion. So if you need to take a time out. I think you have to put yourself in other, the other person's shoes or multiple shoes. Mm-hmm. Empathy. It goes a long way for sure. All right. Anything else on that one? No. So. Next thing that's really helpful guys. And this might, you, you might be like, Oh, this is corny, Jamie. It's, it's corny, but it's true. The vibe of your house. Like what is the tone when people walk in your home? How do you want people to feel? So I can guarantee you there's people who, who are listening to this live stream, who are watching the replay, who can feel the tension when their stepkids walk in the door or when they're pissed at their husband or their partner because they haven't responded in the way they had, they wanted them to, or, you know, just, just that 
energy. Do you know what I'm talking about? Like the energy when you walk into the home? Yeah. Nobody wants to walk into a home where you can cut the tension with a knife or it's uncomfortable or certain people are uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. It's not a nice environment. No. And trying to keep that environment, even at the worst times, upbeat and positive. And safe. Yeah. And safe. You know, kids want to feel loved and they want to feel safe. When you would let little things bother you and it would You're talking about me? Yeah. (laughs) Well, it would change the vibe of the house. When you were ticked off, you you make it known. Yeah, I do. So (laughs) it's... It's, you it's do good. too. Yeah, it's usually pretty quick to let people know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that's the thing, right? Like there's always even that like high by war, like, oh, my stepkids don't say hi to me when they walk in the door. Well, maybe they don't like you. Maybe they are pissed that they have to come and maybe they're picking up in the tension. What if you just said hi to them first? Like, what if you were just the bigger person on that? Like, you know, what I if- think you have to be the bigger person. You're the adult because kids are kids. And that doesn't just apply to a step relationship I think oh yeah kids will walk in and walk right by me and head to their room or head to their game console or go back outside and drop their bag and oh hey how are you haven't seen you in a week what's up (laughs) like how's it going I think you can't take that personally Mm -hmm. well and I think that a lot of times people will say well my stepkid did this or they're treating me like this and they take it personally. They think it's about the step family dynamic when really it's actually just a kid being a kid. And we often will just think it's about, you take it personally, right? You're being too sensitive. Like kids, the, the kids can walk in and not say hi to you. Yeah. And you guys have a great relationship. Yeah. I think you, you don't take it personally mm-hmm. and realize that kids are kids. And sometimes as the step or as the, you used to call yourself kind of outside of the, the family at times, not anymore, but you would feel that, uh, you know, you'd take that stuff more personal than the rest of us would. Yeah. So just say hi. Be like, hey guys, what's up? And if they're like, take the high road. Take the high road. Just, just always say, always say hello. And so tips for setting the vibe in the home, like these are the little things. But I like to have soft music on, light candles, dim the lights. Like, just literally think, how do I want people to feel when they walk into my home? Like, how do they, how do I want the kids to feel? What do I want the kids to remember about the atmosphere here? Think about it. Right. And, and I'll leave, I'll let you guys think about that because you guys are all going to do different things in your own home. But that's something I've been really focusing on this year. And it's made such a difference. Like I really, especially during COVID and lockdown, I was like, what is the vibe of this house? And how, do, how does it make people feel? Speaking of that, you can probably share a little bit about this. When you remember when the kids were young and I would have issues with the kids and I'd come to you. And be like bombarding you with all the things the kids were doing to piss me oh, off. Oh, it was like having a tattletale in the house. Yeah. <laughs> That's nice. Look, I, you know, if we're being honest, it was like having... Yeah, I did tell you to be honest. <laughs> it's, even if it offends you. Yeah. It was in that, you know, especially when I would just walk in the door when you would come running up and... and oh, sometimes I'd you, meet you outside. Oh, yeah. I wouldn't even get out <laughs> the car. I could see you coming. I'm like, oh, this is not what I need after a long day at work. And you would... <laughs> be right on me and I'm like can I just get undressed and relax for a minute before we get into this but oh I would totally this is what's going on and and so I think I think that set a bad vibe back to your other one Mm -hmm. right away when we'd walk in and there'd be tension I think that's something that you you want to tell me what's going on obviously it's very important but give it a few minutes and do it at the right time and and decide whether it is really worthy of telling me you know if it was just somebody didn't clean up the room or something like that. Is that really worth jumping on me as soon as we get home? 
Are you asking me? <laughs> no. Pointing a few things it's, out from previous years. Oh, I know. I used to do that all the time. Or I'd call him at work and be like, this is what's happening. It's like, that's not nice for anything. No one wants to live like that, right? Like, so really think about how you're communicating what your issues are and like give yourself time to just chill. So if they, if you're dealing with something with the kids while, you know, your partner's at work, just relax for a little bit, take 24 hours or, you know, even take a couple hours or wait till you're at home and everything's settled. Like don't go after your partner right when they come in the door and, and just bombard them with everything because it it doesn't set the tone. The other thing that's really good is to pick and choose when you're going to have conversations about what's happening and what's, what's bothering you. I really like to, I wake up early. So I'm already thinking about all the things that are pissing me off. Like as soon as I wake up in the morning, Darren isn't up as I'm up at five, you get up at seven and then you're like getting ready for work. And like, he's watching like the news and like updates for work and like all these things. And then I'm like, Hey, can we talk about like, the kids are disgusting. They're, they're leaving like dirty dishes in their rooms. That's not when he wanna, wants to have that conversation, right? Like, and also all kids leave dirty dishes in their rooms. It's, pre, it's pretty age appropriate. But I used to try to have these conversations when he's not in the headspace. So even just like asking permission, saying, hey, like, when's a good time to talk about all the things that are pissing me off? <laughs> like, you know Never. what I mean? Yeah, like get a journal. <laughs> no, but just being very deliberate about when you have those conversations, because you need to be in the headspace to hear it. You, you really, really do. Oh, absolutely. And yeah, morning sign. Usually busy. It's not a great time. No, it's not a great time. Like how many times did I try to talk to you and you'd walk out the door and then we would get into an argument because I was like, you're not hearing me. You don't think this is a priority. And you're like, seriously, lady, I got to get to work. Like, I just don't have time for this conversation right now. I'd feel unseen. I'd feel unheard. I felt like my opinion didn't matter. And you're like, no, I just got to go to work. Can we like talk later? Yeah. Timing is important in this kind of thing. (laughs) Yeah. You'd be very particular. You come in and bombard me with something and I'm not in the mood or I'm busy with 10 other things on my mind. It's not a great time to have a conversation. And vice versa. A dish. Yeah. A better and, and, dish. And, and you used to do that too. You'd call me at work and start, and I'm, you know, I'm in the middle of stuff. Can we talk about this later tonight when I get home? No. Because <laughs> you'd want to address it right now. Right. So anyway. So just, that is important to pick your, pick your battle, pick your time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It and, really, and me too. And I mean, it's the same it makes thing. It, it makes a huge, huge difference. Next thing is really big for us is we've learned to be proactive with our stressors. So if you're watching this live in the comments, do you know when things are going to, you know, be an issue in your step family? Do you, can you predict things almost like Darren would say to me, like, how did you know? How did you know that was going to happen? Or like something with the ex or something with my step? Cause I'm like, this is what's going to happen. And he'd be like, no, 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 it'll be fine. And then I, it would happen and I would be right. Cause I often am. And it's because it gets cyclical. You can predict things, right? So instead of being surprised when it happens, why don't you have, just expect it to happen? Okay. So, you know, if you constantly have issues about back to school with your, with the ex, well, predict it and plan for it. Like, how are you going to minimize the impact this has on you? Is there anything that you can do to prevent it from happening? So we're really big on like being proactive about how you're going to respond to things when they happen. So you go in with a plan and don't feel emotional and don't react emotionally because that's never anyone's shiniest moment. So like, what's an example of that? We probably... Well, we know back to school is a stressful period. Yeah. Right now it's different because of COVID, but typically back to school is one of our more stressful periods because you've had the summer and the kids have been off 
by and large and mm-hmm. schedules aren't as rigorous. And when you go back to school, all of a sudden you're running from place to place. We have to coordinate times. We have to make lunches in the morning. We have mm-hmm. to get homework done at night. We've got extracurricular activities. So we know that is going to be a, a, a stressful time. So we will, at the end of the summer, start prepping for how are we going to handle things this fall? Yeah. And even when it comes to the co-parenting piece, it's typically an issue like who's going to do what? Like who's going to, like what if the kids need skates or who's going to, who's going to sign the lunch forms or like, you know, pizza lunches always used to be the big thing that were a big stressor for us is like, whose month was it to do pizza lunch? Mm-hmm. So instead of being like, oh, well, it's her turn, you know, make a big deal about it. Proactively in our mind, we'd be like, okay, whatever. Like, let's just take care of pizza lunch or let's be proactive and remind them that pizza lunches do be on their week, right? So those are little things, but there's so many big things too. Like, how are you gonna respond when your boundaries are crossed? How are you gonna respond when on Sunday night, when the kids go back to their moms, you get the scathing email? How are you gonna respond to that email? Cause you got the email last week and you got the email the week before. So you should expect the email. And the reaction you had last week and the reaction you had the week before didn't work cause here you are again. So what are you gonna do this time? Right. So that's what I mean about being proactive and really like identifying and thinking about those situations that keep coming up again and again and again, because they're going to keep coming up again and again and again if you don't start to do something different and minimize the impact they have on you. So that goes to the about boundaries. Yeah. Everything's a pattern. We've found a lot of stuff. <laughs> everything's a pattern. Well, dealing with our, uh, with my ex, it's like clockwork. It, well, we, can, we can almost predict what's going to happen when we ask for this or we do this or we do that. We pretty much know the outcome before it happens or get ignored. We know that's coming. It's just being able to, what are we going to do when that happens? Mm-hmm. And we already know because we know. And again, that's just because we've had more time, but people mm-hmm. that are new to this maybe don't. But, you know, it's, it is it is like Groundhog Day sometimes. I know you're going to say that too. Groundhog yeah. Day and poke the bear. Those I are like your those. things. I like those are your good ones. Love animals. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and here's the thing, right? Like you can get really stuck on who's right and who's wrong and like making a point and whatever. What are you going to do to minimize the impact it has on you and your family? Who cares about who's right and who's wrong and like making a point and all of that? Like, is it worth it? Sometimes it is, but a lot of the times it isn't. So try not to get stuck in that like tit for tat and just be like, how are we just going to live a good life? And you can't control the X. You cannot control the X. You can't control what they say. You can't control what they do. You can't control how they respond. So what are you going to do? What's in your power so that you don't let that energy come into your home? And sometimes just biting the bullet and doing something. We used to get into arguments over who was driving five minutes or 10 minutes to drop off like a hockey bag. And I'm just like, let's just do it. This is, this, this is the stupidest thing in the world being so petty over who's going to drive. And it used to actually be an argument, which now shocks me. So we just, we don't even ask anymore. We'll just say, we'll just do it. Right. Let's just do it. One of us do it and get it done. What is worth your time and energy? It's a big one. Okay. So just going through, don't bombard your partner and be proactive with your stressors. Your marriage will get so much better as soon as you stop bombarding. Agree? Okay. So dealing with the ex, accept how they're, that's how they're going to be. So what we mean there is like, you can't change someone. You can't change how they act and how they react and how they see a situation. And it's important to remember like two people can see, like Darren and I can get in an argument and we're married and love each other, right? Yeah. Yeah. We can get in an argument. And I'm 100% sure I'm right. And he's 100% sure he's right. 
And we see the same. 110. Yeah. We see the same situation in two very different ways. And three days later, we can like still see it that way. So throw in like a divorce and like all the emotions that come with that and just like different perspectives and different lenses. The way your husband or your partner's ex sees things is probably entirely different than the way you do. And just accepting that and accepting that that's how they're always going to be. All right. So maybe they will change. People do change. But for the most part, you're going to be dealing with the same stuff over and over again. So one thing that's been really good for us is to just stop expecting anything different. When we stopped expecting anything different, life just got so much easier because you would always be like, oh, no, I think it's better this time. I think this is going to be the time that that we're going to be able to figure this out. Glass half full. I would always be optimistic that, yeah, we're going to work this one out and this and then no, get down to even the 11th hour. And I think, wow, this is this is going. And then, no, things would not work out. So, yeah, we've just learned to expect. Don't expect expect anything different. And going to happen. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, even with me, I'm, I'm, I'll, I'll share a little bit. Like, I always had this dream that we were going to have this really healthy co-parenting relationship. I thought we could have wine and talk about the kids and, like, have one of those really good relationships that you see on Facebook, those posts that go viral that make you feel like maybe you're doing something wrong because your relationship isn't like that. I really wanted to be like that person. I really wanted to have that type of relationship. And I kept putting myself in situations and hoping for it. And, and, and putting myself out there and then things would be good for a little bit. And then I'd end up being disappointed again. And then things would be good. And I'm like, oh, okay, maybe this is it. Then I'd be disappointed again. You need to stop putting yourself in situations over and over again when you're, that is, is going to make you be disappointed because at some point you're responsible for that experience, right? So you can only do that over and over and over again so many times until you're responsible for that feeling. So I just stopped. I let go of that expectation and it's been really healing for us. And it's just been, it's disappointing and it's okay to be disappointed in whatever type of relationship that you have or whatever you're going through. But you know, at the end of the day, you can't change another person. So just accept who they are and what they're about and how they see a situation. And it is what it is. When you let it go, it feels better. And yeah, we've talked about that, that the ex's version of the situation is very different. We've even done dialogue on that where, well, this is what she'll be saying. And mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, that's probably what she's saying. So, and that's her experience. That's, that's you know, that's, that's her truth. Where it's reality to her. Yeah. Yeah. So we've done that just, okay. Yeah. That's probably what she's thinking. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you know, who's to say what's right or wrong. I don't know. I like to think I'm right most of the time, but you know, it is, it is what it is. So yeah, that is, a, that is a big one. It's like, think about this example. If you had a, if your kid was going to school every single day and playing with the same kid over and over again and coming home and saying like little Johnny punched me on the soccer field. So little Johnny punches your kid on the soccer field the one day. So you call the school, you deal with it. Johnny gets in trouble. Your kid goes to school the next day. Johnny does it again. Maybe Johnny doesn't do it on Wednesday, but Johnny does it again on Friday and then next Wednesday and then next Thursday. At what point do you say to your kid, dude, stop hanging out with Johnny? Like you have to take some responsibility for putting yourself in this situation. So think about that, right? Like I like that analogy. Your family won't function like a first family. That's something that is really, really big to understand. A lot of stepmoms and partners come in with expectations on how relationships are going to be, on how people are going to react to each other and what, just what their family is going to function like. And then they're left feeling disappointed because they have these expectations. 
Just remember your family won't function like a first family, at least not all the time. And as soon as you accept that and let go of the fact that life is not going to look the way that you maybe dreamed about when you were five, six, 12, 16, whatever, that's really, really helpful because you're going to be disappointed because you can't decide, you can't control how other people are going to view this family and view you and the relationships. Like there's so many moving parts in blended families. So just letting go of that, you can be disappointed. You can grieve that. You can sit in that disappointment and be like very present in that. But you do have to move forward and just accept that your family isn't going to function that way. And every family has their stuff, right? Like everyone has their drama. Everyone has their stuff. This is yours. So just accepting that piece. Anything on that? It does. It feels like family. And that's, but yeah, it functions different than a normal family. Yeah. Is there a normal family? What is normal now? But it it still feels like family. And I think that's where you get that euphoria that you've had this great time over a holiday or when the kids are here and it feels like family, but then reality kicks in when they go back to their mother's place Mm -hmm. and we miss them. And so it is what you're saying is it it functions in Mm -hmm. a different matter, but it's still great and it's still wonderful, but it's, it's different. Yeah. But the, and sometimes it's not wonderful though. Like sometimes I'm sad that the kids don't see me as, you know, for the longest time, I was sad that they didn't see me as a motherly figure. I wanted to like, I, in a first family dynamic, I would be the mom, Mm -hmm. right? I couldn't be trumped by you. I wouldn't have to ask permission to like, I would, I would be able to do all the things that the moms do, but we don't get to do that. And I think that's where a lot of stepmoms really like feel like they have to mourn the loss of the family that they thought they would have. And uh, then there's the concept of subfamilies. That's really helpful. So like understanding like, so in our family, the concept of subfamilies, we have one large family. So my stepkids, there's four, my three stepkids, our daughter Reese, and then my husband and I, and then you guys are a family, you, you and the kids, you had a family unit before I was part of it. And then we have you, Reese and I, we're kind of function as a family on some weeks. Like there's different subfamilies within that family unit. That also eases a lot of people's anxiety because yeah, we do get to function like a family when it's just the three of us. And then you guys get to do things alone and, and have that bond. And that's all okay. It's all okay for everyone to kind of do things separately within that family unit as well. Clear's mud. Got it. Okay. So let's talk about the disrespecting piece, disrespecting the stepmom. Who disrespecting the ex or the kids? The kids or the ex. Like let's talk about, because people do, the stepmoms can get shit on. Oh, yeah. When you first came along, you had a nickname. We've talked about that before. The Pop-Tart. Do you guys the remember Pop-Tart. when my blog was the Pop-Tart Diaries? Yeah. That's when this house started. I was called Darren's Pop-Tart. I liked yeah. the name. She liked the name, but I thought it was disrespectful. And I asked after a year, you know, she has a name. It's Jamie. And so you have to align and 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 not let your ex disrespect your, your current mm-hmm. spouse. And if they do, you, you need to sort of address that right away or else it can become a, a thing. Yeah. And I didn't right away. I just, whatever, we thought it was funny. We, well, I liked we it. You actually liked it. I was it. fine but, with it. But it was, it was, it, I thought it was disrespectful. So, and then same with the kids, you know, you always have to stand your ground. And, and because once you give a little bit on that and the kids feel they can do that, they're smart. They will do that. Mm-hmm. If, if they don't get their answer they're looking for or they want a trump card, they will disrespect you and, and take full advantage of it. I'm not saying all kids, but some of them will use that to their advantage. But I just think you have to draw that line and mm-hmm. make sure uh, that um, 
that all of them respect you. Yeah. I get a lot of stepmoms reach out and they're, they're saying their husband doesn't stick up. Like their ex, the ex will call the stepmom names and the husband doesn't stick up for her. And like all of that, you have to stick up for your wife. Mm -hmm. You, 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 you should not let anyone talk crap about your wife ever. Right. So you decide how, how she's going to do that moving forward and just say, I'm not willing to have a conversation with you if you're going to disrespect my wife. End of story. And it's hard because in a lot of cases, the ex naturally dislikes you before they've even given you a Me? chance. No, any, any stepmom. So I'm just trying to let stepmoms know that the ex already has a grudge or, you know, even if it's an amicable situation, yeah. they still don't love you. And so That's you really okay, have though. to draw the line. Well, the, yeah, you really have to draw the line on respect. And again, we, we learn that and we do. And yeah. and that's, you know, yeah. the way we roll. The ex doesn't have to like you and your stepkids don't have to like you. People don't, people don't have to like you, but it they can't disrespect the, you. It helps if the kids like you. It does really help if the yeah, kids like yeah, you. I think you want to try and work to have that. But, but if they don't, right. there's situations where the, the stepkids don't like the, the, the stepmom for reasons that are so, have nothing to do with the stepmom. It's about what she represents. It's about things that their mom has said to them. Mm -hmm. It's about this loyalty issue. They feel like if they like their mom, like their stepmom, their mom's going to get mad. Mm -hmm. Like all of that. But they still have to treat you with respect and your, your partner needs to be the one to assert that. So if you're listening to this right now and your partner or your husband or whatever, and your, your stepkids or your, your ex is disrespecting and you need to shut it down because you decide how you allow people to treat you. I'm going to talk about codependency for a second here because I used to be super codependent and I didn't realize how codependent I was until I did an interview with Shelly Ware in the exclusive community, which is my membership space for stepmoms. And she was explaining what codependency is. So a codependent is someone who cannot function on their own and whose thinking and behavior is instead organized around another person, process or substance. Hang tight. Many codependents place a lower priority on their own needs while being excessively preoccupied with the needs of others. That was me. Excessively preoccupied with the needs of others. I would take over and try to solve your problems. I would try to solve issues with the ex. I would prioritize your parenting responsibilities and things that we needed to do for the kids over anything that I had going on. I would be like, well, I need to be there for that. I need to, I need to, I need to be available for the kids or I'll do that. I would take over and try to solve all of Darren's problems. And in doing that, I went in and stopped doing all the things that I loved. And I started to care more about his stuff than he actually cared about his stuff. <laughs> and it would cause issues with us. Like, you know, even we were dealing with like legal bills and lawyers and trying to figure out a discrepancy in child support. And I took it upon myself to create a proposal and, and meet my husband's ex for coffee and like have a conversation to try to solve the problem. Cause I was going to, I was going to do it all. And it caused me so much anxiety and it affected the way that I was showing up for everyone. And I know there's a lot of stepmoms who do this and you're going to say, well, if I don't do it, he won't do it. It's his stuff. Like it's his stuff to deal with. And sometimes you need to take that step back and just really trust them to deal with things. And if they don't think it's a priority, like you can't care more about their problems than they do. I, I can't, I can't, I can't be all in solving your problems more than, more than you do because it affects how I show up. It affects how I feel about you. And it just, it's not a healthy way to be there. So the way I look at it now, um, I used to insert myself in problems with the kids too. And it's like, no, I'm here as a support. 
My job is to support my husband in being the best parent he can be. This is our home. We're running it together, but I'm a support for you. And I'm not going to take over. When you take over, it literally leaves you feeling drained and depleted. And if you are doing that right now, stepmoms, please take a step back for your own sanity, because seriously, it just, it takes a toll and it leads to a whole lot of resentment. And when you start to resent all of the extra stressors that come with being a stepmom, it causes issues in your marriage and it it becomes not worth it. it. It really becomes so overwhelming. Like my hands used to shake. Mm-hmm. I would be like waiting for a text from the ex trying to figure out if we could solve a problem. And then I get anxiety when I would get that text. Like that's no way to live. I needed to set some boundaries and that really changed the vibe of our home, our marriage, and just my faith in how things are going to work themselves out. Next thing is disengaging. Here's the th- really important thing. Disengaging is like when a stepmom takes a step back. When I took a step back, I would say it changed the vibe of everything. Like it totally changed the vibe of everything. And I encourage stepmoms to say, is my involvement helping the situation or making matters worse? And when you disengage and take a step back, there's the whole not your, not your kid, not your problem. It's like a nacho mom approach. You disengage because you love your family and you love your partner and you want what's best for your family. Not because you're like, screw you, you didn't do it how I wanted you to do it. Does that make sense? Like I used to kind of do that. And I'd be like, well, if, if my say is not, you know, going to be taken into consideration, then, then I'm out, right? Like I'm not, I'm not doing anything. That's not cool. Like that's not, that's not a good way to do it. Take a step back and say like, this is affecting how I show up for you and for the kids and for our family and explain it to your partner that way, instead of doing it out of anger, because disengaging can be done with love and it actually changes the vibe. So now Darren is like the lead when it comes to basically the major parenting pieces with the kids. So you're still involved? Oh, I'm still involved. But if you have to have the heavy conversations. Oh yeah. yeah. Right. So he's, he's the lead on that. And I'm here supporting him instead of me taking over and doing it all myself. So you can take a step back if you feel like you're feeling overwhelmed And that's true for all areas of life, right? And in your relationship, like you can take a step back and it's okay to do that for your partner. Does that make sense? Yep. Anything you want to add on that? Nope. (laughs) All right. So that's another thing I want to say is like reevaluating your involvement with the kids. Is it working or is it making your matters worse? I went through a phase where I was like really trying to assert myself. It's like, no, I'm a parent in this household. They have to listen to me. They have to respect me. And yeah, 100% they do. But when it comes to the ex and when it comes to your stepkids, is it working? Is it making matters worse? Or would taking a step back be best for your vibe of your household? So that's where I say, like, take your ego and put your ego aside. I've had to do that a lot. And and just know that your involvement with the kids and with the ex can be, it can change. Like there's times when I'm all in and then there's times when I'm all out Mm -hmm. and it it can, it can totally change and it can ebb and flow. You're going to like this one. You're quiet on these ones, but you're going to like this one. The communication piece. Do you intend to not tell me things about the ex? Like when you were having conversations, I will be like, well, when did you guys talk? I'm like, oh, you didn't tell me that. You didn't tell me that this happened. And you're like, oh, I totally forgot. And we used to get in arguments all the time because I would be like, what do you mean you forgot? Like, this is important piece. This is important information. Like, why aren't you communicating that to me? And what do you want to say to the stepmoms who? (laughs) You know, you're very detail oriented and you want to know, well, what, what was said about this? What was said about that? And I'm, well, it was just a two minute conversation or it was just a quick email. Like, and what did they do with their hand? You, you want to know details. And, and to me, it was just, I don't know. It was just, 
You didn't not intend as, not to tell me. Yeah. It's just another quick conversation, but I think that's part two, because you're not engaged anymore. You want to know, well, how are you dealing with this? And it's still important to you. And, and how are you going to deal with this? And I think that is the big piece when it comes to, to that. But if we forget every little detail, I don't think it's a big deal because, mm-hmm. you know, again, I'm not as detail oriented on, on that stuff. Usually it's sort of, what is the result of the conversation? But even like you'd sometimes have conversations and not tell me about them mm-hmm. and you're not doing that on purpose. It took me a long time to recognize, like, you're not doing this on purpose. You're just, for, you just aren't thinking about it anymore. Mm-hmm. And I think women, and I don't mean to generalize, but I kind of do mean to generalize. We tend to be consumed about things and really mull things over and like overanalyze things and all of that. And you guys don't like you've dealt with it and you've moved on. You're not thinking about it as much as I am. So if you want to know stuff about things that are going on with your partner and sex, just ask, just ask them and, and don't expect them to always tell you everything. Cause they probably just forgot. Like it's not, it's not their intent. They just, they just forgot. Yeah. And then the last thing um, in this long winded, but hopefully these tips are really helpful. I do think that they, they will be is asking your partner, what do you need from me? So you have to check in with your partners. Like, what do you need from me right now to show up as your, as our bastard? What do you need from me this week when the kids come? Like making that plan for when the kids come, who's going to be doing what, how do I need you to react? How do I need you to show up for me this week? What do I need you to understand? Like just asking each other, what do you need from me can go a long way and hearing each other out. Mm -hmm. So there, you've said to me, like, I need you to lay off. (laughs) Yeah, I think it's really important to have that open conversation and and talk about, you know, you know, maybe you just need to take the pressure off me and not worry so much about this at this moment because I've got, you know, a busy week with work or mm-hmm. the kids are busy and that can be one of the things. The other thing I think sometimes is just it's good to reach out and say, hey, how can I support you? Well, you know what, it would really help if you would do this or, uh, you know, let's let's go out on Friday night together so I can mm-hmm. blow off some steam, so to speak. And those are all great conversations to have is well, what can I do for you? And, and what can I do to help you? And yeah, we got into a good habit of when I we're think stressed. We've been doing that. Yeah. I think we've been doing that more and more and more is, is there anything you need from me? You know, especially when you can see that the other person is busy and that's just in marriage too, or, or I just, just got a lot of stuff going on. It's great when you, you know, you'll say, I'll do this for you. I'll do that for you. It's like, oh, thank you so much. Or, or just, you know, support. Why don't we watch a movie tonight at nine o'clock? Mm-hmm. Shut everything down. You know, I'll, I'll still be working at seven at night. And you'll say, what about nine o'clock date in bed, Netflix? Make out. <laughs> so those are all, those are all, you know, great ways to yeah. support. And then you'll often get me to open up sometimes when I'm not opening up about things. Yeah. And even he'll say, I'll say, what do you need from me this week? He's like, I really need to spend some one-on-one time with the boys. Cool. Right? Like, so you're just kind of on the same page about what that person has on their agenda that week. And just having that open communication, that question can go a long way in so many different circumstances. And I think, again, yeah, actually, I think that would be like one of the big things that's really changed how we show up for each other. Yeah. And that's a good one too, when you will ask and I say, yeah, I, I would like to spend time with my oldest daughter or we want to look at schools and a lot of times I'd be stressed about bringing that up because we've got a million things going on and I feel like I'm taking time away from the other things and when you Mm -hmm. come to me and say what do you need well I really need I want an afternoon with her 
or I want an afternoon with the boys, uh, or I want to take Reese, you know, to the park today at six o'clock. Yeah. And, and you'll be, yeah, that's great. Yeah. Or I'll say, I need to sit in my room and read a book for 30 minutes and have no one say my name. Mm-hmm. And then we can help each other make that happen. So just being really, really open about what you need and what's going on is, is such a really good, good thing to understand. And, and the one thing that I want to add on that is when you're, when you're having conversations about how you're feeling and things you're struggling with in your step family life, going in with this disclaimer. And if you're in the membership, the exclusive stepmom community, you would hear, you hear me say this all the time. But we'll go in with a disclaimer saying, like, I don't need you to understand why I feel this way or respect or, or I don't need you to agree with how I'm experiencing this. I just need you to respect that this is how I'm experiencing it right now. And going in with that disclaimer is just saying, like, you might you might think this is crazy that I have this insecurity as a stepmom. But, honey, this is how I'm feeling right now. Like, I, I need your support with it. Like, this is what I need from you right now. That can go a long way, too. And that's good because I don't always get. No, you do I not. I do not understand sometimes why <laughs> you're feeling like that. Why would you be feeling like that? That's it's, crazy. It's uh, irrational. Yeah, not a normal feeling. And then you explain to me why you are feeling that way. <laughs> yeah. And sometimes it takes me a little time to go back and digest it. But mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. Anyway, to wrap up those tips, guys, it's really about picking your battles, playing the long game. I love to ask myself, like, what would my 95-year-old self say? Like, if you're on your yeah, 95 years old, looking back on your life, what would you th- say about, like, your reaction to the stressor? Like, is it actually worth it? Is it actually that big of a deal? So that's been really helpful for us. But, yeah, check your ego. Take a step back. Love on your partner. <laughs> support them. That's kind of what we're thinking. So yeah, that's what we have for the blueprint guys. You know what? I hope you took notes. If you want to go back, you know, take some notes on this. I highly recommend listening to this and then listening to it again, because it really, really did all of this stuff change the game for us. It changed the vibe. It changed how we show up for each other and how we deal with those stressors, because you can only control your own home. When you can feel more in control of those situations, it can go such a long way. That's it for this one. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you haven't already, and if the podcast has been resonating with you, I would be forever grateful if you would head on over to iTunes and give the show a rating and a review. And if you know someone who would benefit from listening to this episode, be sure to send it their way. Now, if you are craving more, head to my website, jamiescrimger.com. There are lots of blog posts and podcast episodes and resources available for you over there. And if you really want to dive in, I do take on a limited number of coaching clients every month. So you can book one call or work with me for three months. Either way, we will create an individualized plan for your unique stepfamily situation. Remember, sitting around biatching about how hard being a stepmom is won't make being a stepmom any easier. If you want change in your life, it has to start with you. Chat with you next week.